0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron,
1: my mind's telling me no, but my body, my body is telling me yeah.
2: My ears are telling me, good God, no. Aaron, you know what
0: that means, don't
2: you? Time to puke? <laughs>
0: have, have we stepped outside your musical wheelhouse again, Aaron?
2: Man, you are well outside my musical universe. Aaron.
0: I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and burn. We're talking oh. about bump and burn today, Aaron.
2: Is that your Barry White voice? That's my oh, R. Kelly voice. Oh,
0: yeah. I wouldn't use that voice. If you, you, you probably don't away. want to use that voice, especially no. when you're involved in the world of uh, public education. No, you don't want to use that one, man. Yeah. Um, so, Aaron... Bump and Burn. This is a this is a kart racing game. Now, I want to hear about your real life exploits in kart racing cuz I know that you've probably been out on a go-kart track once or twice before, haven't you?
2: Uh, you know, uh back in the day, I used to competitively race go-karts. Uh, well, they weren't go-karts, they were sort of like motorized wheelchairs. Uh, and we used to go around the track down at the old uh rock lake pool as you know they had a large uh black top track that surrounded the entire uh, pool area right uh complete with ramps there would be uh water hazards uh spike pits oh wait no i didn't do any of that stuff do you think i'm gonna fit in a cart boat are you kidding me no I've never done any cart racing
0: you goof well you, you know they did have you so you never went in the go-karts over at rock lake
2: no <laughs> no are you kidding me I don't know, you know,
0: I always enjoyed going around the, the go karts and, and having fun Um, there. What about at Disney World when they have like the the old model T's that were on the you know, you could sort of quote unquote drive them around. You did you ever do that when you were down at Disney World? I've done that at Kings Island. OK, to, I was only at Disney once and it was like
2: raining most of the time i was there i was unimpressed about disney world <laughs> and i was with Hoes, who was who was sick so that wasn't a great trip uh, uh. but uh, yeah the 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 old timey cars is a staple of amusement parks and so i would ride those but i wouldn't classify those in the same uh Racing structure is bump and burn. Those yeah. are set and be bored is what those are called.
0: Yeah, those the, you're not really gonna it's it doesn't really raise the old adrenaline racing those uh racing those cars around the track. Well, I'll tell you something. You can't
2: race them. They're on a rail and you and they don't go side by
0: side. <laughs> so you can't race those. No. I guess I'm using race in a very loose manner. Yeah, in um. the wrong manner. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aaron we should probably move on past uh, this exciting talk about our non-history in uh in real life go-kart racing. Now you never wanted to actually be a race car driver though, right? Did, did that did you ever go through a phase where you wanted to do that?
2: If I was going to race car. Now keep in mind I've been a big kid my whole life. In fact I'm still a big kid to be frank with you, but uh uh and so I was not really into racing, but the old man was an old drag racer. And so Mm -hmm. I did used to watch some funny cars. Mm And so I I could sort of, but I mean, again, I wouldn't really fit in a funny car. So I would say if I was going to get into some sort of racing, it would have been demolition derby stuff, which I actually, I was very close to getting in a couple of demolition derbies. Things just didn't go the right way for me, so I didn't get to do it. But that now, was for I people for people it. that
0: are overseas that might not be uh, familiar with the vernacular of the auto racing scene around these parts, what is a funny car?
2: Funny car. Um, well, the best way to describe them is if you take a rocket engine and strap it to the lightest thing you can, can and put wheels on it, pretend it's the front end of a car. That's <laughs> that's basically what it is. It's that bit where you get in the car, just like dragster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the there's, a, there's a, light, a Christmas tree in front of you with the lights. It comes down to green. You hit the gas. You go straight in a straight line as fast as you can. And then you get to the end of the line and there's a finish line. And then you hope you can stop with your little parachute. That's funny car racing. Mm. So that that's... Just, but I mean, it, when I was a kid, that was an interesting thing to watch. You know, racing changed a lot. Even like stuff like uh, uh, the Daytona and stuff. It was way, way more... Uh, ungoverned when I was younger, so like you'd see all kinds of crazy stuff, but it was sort of it's sort of kind of dangerous as well in a different way, uh, and I guess that's I mean they sort of had to p- put the clamps down on it, but funny car I mean I I remember they used I remember one time watching a race I'm trying to think of what it was but anyway what they had a fire in the pits and I and they said that the fire because I saw this guy freaking out and dancing around I was like what's that guy doing he was on fire. But that for, because of the fuel or whatever, you couldn't see the flames.
0: Oh, my gosh. Right? How scary. I, was, I never
2: heard of this. Yeah, I was. And, yeah. they, you know, they doused the sucker. I guess he was okay. But I never forgot that, you know. And that was a long time ago. So... Uh but uh, there was a different mystique. It was it was super duper redneck back in the day. Yeah. You know, yeah. mega redneck. Not like now where just rednecks go to see it. I mean, it was like as country as it gets. Mm-hmm. Some of the drivers had actually, you know, been chased by revenueers in real life. So I mean, <laughs> they were they came straight from the back roads.
0: Yeah. You know, now, so Have you ever been to a live race before?
2: Not a live, like a not a, a round track race. No, I've okay. never been. That I haven't either. Yet. I haven't either. I've heard Too they're boring. incredibly loud. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I hear they're great if
0: you're liquored up. Yeah. So, like, but like I mean, most things in life. Yeah. There you go. Aaron, let's kick on over to what's been going on this week in our little world of important news. Let's look at what's been going on over at everythingamiga.com this week. Very good.
2: Well, you know, uh, the uh, our we have a piece this week submitted by a, a fellow who's currently in the chat, Rob. Professional author Rob O'Hara Yeah, he's all man at a yard
0: wide. What do we got here, Boatster? This is his write up of the game Arg. Now, this is one I don't believe that we've covered Arg before on this show, have we?
2: Um boy i don't the name for me still is familiar but i don't remember if we play i don't think me and you played this one no
0: this is one of these games that arcadia systems did remember we we talked about this long long ago on the amigos about how there was yeah. a company that made these arcade boards based off of um you know amiga 500 motherboards with a custom version of kickstart and uh arg is one of these games and this is Flax review of this game um i was You know, it's funny because this just seems like a game that we should have covered a million times because we both like Rampage. You like Primal Rage a whole bunch. This is like a game of total wanton destruction. Uh, It appears that this is a, a picture perfect port of the arcade game, with the exception of the fact that they've removed the two player feature, which seems like a startling oversight. Um, But, uh, yeah, Rob, once again, is at his witty best talking about all of the foodstuffs hidden in the different forts and and, uh, pyramids and things throughout history. Uh, I really enjoyed reading this article. If you are into uh, if you're into discovering what might be the most arcade perfect port ever of an Amiga game, because this literally came right off the board. Make sure you check this out over at EverythingAmiga.com. All that blitters is the name of it.
2: I didn't even know this had been an arcade game. I've never I've never heard of this game. I mean, I heard the name, but I didn't think it was an arcade game. You know, I, I can't
0: is... imagine I can't imagine that these got widely released in arcades. I mean, I'm just taking a shot in the dark, but I've never heard of any of these Arcadia Systems games. I've never seen any out, out in the wild.
2: It looks pretty good though, yeah. Yeah. Put put, put it on the list, boat. Yeah, the man. Never ending list, man.
0: Why don't we uh head on over to our YouTube channel to see what else is going on this week, Aaron?
2: All right, man. So We had, you know, I guess we don't think we really talked about this, but we had sort of a wacky, wacky release schedule last week. If you showed up last Friday looking for uh, us, uh, we weren't here. Uh, We moved for one week only. We moved uh, recording to Sunday uh, and uh, mostly to accommodate my uh, brain freeze. Uh, But we so we released in a sort of a weird sequence. and And so this week. Uh game uh, our, uh ARG got released before last week's uh, amigos. Yeah, so,
0: so why don't we talk about that?
2: So right out of the gate we did, you know, I'm gonna tell you, we did a, one of these crazy Game Boy knockoffs called the Game Game Master. There's a couple goofs right there. And uh the Game Master if is it was crap. I mean, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. It was a it was a chunky, clunky piece of crappiola. Uh right there it is. Uh, if you're watching at home, just not a good system. But we gave it the college try boat and and tried a couple games, uh, and they weren't that good either. I mean, Brent's <laughs> game was less crappy, but they were both crappy. So I'm going to call the game master crap. I don't I don't recommend, but I do recommend you check us out. It was good. You know, when we find something crappy, we do we do mock it and have a good time. So it's always worth a, a look. So if you if you feel like it, I'll pop over and have a look at that. ARG. This week, I will say. Uh, we will be checking out the MSX two boat, so that's surely a, that's going a, that's to be a, a much
0: better show this week. I'm really looking up forward or to two. that. Yeah,
2: I mean, I guess we could sort of talk about this for a second. Uh, <laughs> boat, it's <laughs> boat's out of his mind and decided <laughs> to
0: <laughs> put this. So Aaron last week did a special Patreon song in honor of Halloween, and of course he performed it live at the Coal Miners Lounge in Colothen, <laughs> West Virginia.
2: I took my whole game room, out of
0: the computer room, <laughs> with me. That's right. And uh, and so we we have a couple a, a couple cameos from some different people. RMC is in there. Um so uh if you enjoy good singing <laughs>
2: yeah, I got to um, out of that.
0: Then uh then make sure you Don't check out the this. Mystery Patreon song from 11 yeah, one That
2: was a one one time only event, I assure you. Uh <laughs> excuse me. Uh let's look at this bad. This came out of nowhere. I love these. You know, this is good stuff here from our old buddy. This was the a brutal presentation here. And this is Jason Warren's top ten pl- most played video Amiga video games of all times. Yes, brutal barracuda's got the jack. You know what I'm saying, and he puts together one darn fine video, and he's got uh, he's got the format boat. It's sleek, it's sexy, it's a brutal barracuda way. Yeah, and he looks at th- he looks at our buddy uh, uh, Jason's top ten. Uh, this is good stuff. Uh, Jason, tech minded fellow. It's if you're interested to see what a guy like him. Uh, digs on the amiga i suggest check this out or just check it out to look at some cool footage good stuff Uh, i was very pleased to see brutal uh pop out a new one here uh and then let's talk about our good buddy the flack jack flack i love it when they do that the old uh sprite castle this time out uh boatster uh, he's taking a look at Pitfall. Now, I love Pitfall, mm-hmm. as
0: you know. I've never played the C64 version. Is this of you? No, this is, but it does look very similar to the Atari 8-bit version, I will say. Does it?
2: Because, yeah. I, 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 you know, it's funny. I, I think, I'm i not sure I've ever played that. Now I did play Pitfall 2 on the 8-bits, as you'll recall, because mm-hmm. I got hosed big time <laughs> when I beat it and found out there was a whole other... I had to play the one version that had a whole other series of levels. That was the most... <laughs> I never went back. I <laughs> was the end to me playing Pitfall. I was like, I'm done. But anyway, check out Flack as he plays some Pitfall. This is it. Should be good stuff here. Uh, he's always got the goods. So, and of course, Sprite Castle always great. Uh, Boat, what did you guys have going on over on This Week in Retro?
0: This Week in Retro, we had a a pretty good show this week, Aaron. We talked about a new game for the C64 uh, called Wildwood, which is sort of loosely based on um, the uh, Kenneth Graham novel, uh, Wind in the Willows. Uh, We talked about this is something that's near and dear to your heart, Aaron. Uh, uh, Virtual pinball table coming from Arcade 1-Up. You knew this day would come when uh, the minds of Arcade 1Up, when they put together their Cheapery with their licensing prowess, and they're actually going to release a pinball table. Have you heard about this, Aaron? I have heard about this. Some of the uh, some of the guys I follow
2: on uh, YouTube got the early scoop on this thing, and I will say it does... You know, I'm in the market for something like this, to be honest with you. When, when I built that uh, virtual table a few years ago, uh, it was... It was just a little bit too unusably large, as Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, But I enjoyed it immensely, you know. Yeah. And so uh, I would like to have something like that. So, yeah, I'm pleased with it. It looks good. It looks a a much better quality than the last uh, home virtual release we saw.
0: So we talked about that. And, of course, the big story of this week is the Raspberry Pi 400. Now, Aaron, I know you've got very strong opinions about the old 400. This is a new release from Raspberry Pi. That is a keyboard and a Raspberry Pi all in one in a, that familiar wedge shape design, not unlike the 48 K ZX spectrum or the Amiga 500. It's an all in one machine. Uh, it is, uh, they're they're pricing it you know these 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 pies tend to inch up in price the the further we get out on the uh, on the, on the tarmac here when the pie first came out it was 35 bucks but then again you know it was just a bare board there was no case there was no power supply uh if you want a raspberry pi 400 the mouse uh the whole package the whole kit and caboodle is going to run you about a hundred bucks aaron do you think that this is a, a good product is this something that that you're interested in or do you think that this is just useless crap I don't think it's
2: useless crap. I will say that. I, I, here's the way you can, there's two, really two ways you can judge a product, right? Will it sell? Okay. Answer. Yes. They'll sell these uh, lickety split and there are plenty of good uses for them. Uh, is it something I'm going to pick up? No. Uh, and the main reason is of course, as you know, I've got pie gimmicks at the yin yang back here, mm-hmm. uh, that I, that I don't really use that much. Um, we talked about this in Discord quite a bit, and the truth of the matter is, I uh, I don't I'm not real comfortable using Linux, so there's that, and uh, I don't know what I would do with it. And at the end of the day, and we I went around and around with a, uh, uh, Laron I think in in Discord uh, when you for, when you're in for a hundred dollars, I mean you could easily go out and buy a proper laptop mm-hmm. for that much money, and you could put Linux or Windows or whatever you wanted on it. You know, I've got a lot, la- I've got an i5 laptop set behind me. I paid 12 bucks, you know, and I bought three or four of them at the time. Uh, it's not that hard to get them cheap. And so why would I pay lots more money for something? I mean, it's one thing if you're paying for the pie because it's so small, but this is a big old thing. You know, it's the size of a keyboard, you know, right. it, I'm not that, plus I don't, there was a couple other things that I didn't like, but I mean, over, I mean, I think it still gets a pretty decent product.
0: Well, I I think you have to look at it from the fact, are you going to be using this to do some neat hardware like chicanery? Because, you know, the big thing about the Pi is that it's got all those GIPO ports or whatever that allow you to hook up different, you know, gauges and sensors and robotics and stuff like that. You're going to have a lot harder time doing that with a with a, you know, a traditional laptop. I no, think right. that this has a place in education. I think yes. it has a place in people's tinkering. But if you're looking to get just an, a daily driver machine, for a hundred bucks you can do a lot more on this thing. So I, I can see both sides really.
2: Yeah, the, the GPIO I mean you're dead on. I'm not saying there's no use for it, but there I don't I think the uses are like I, I mentioned this then I was talking to Flack on Discord. If these had been around before I spent all the money and spent all the time to put a pie in a Commodore sixty four or a cocoa. Probably just would have bought one of these. It would have been mm. a lot cheaper, and it would have done the same thing. So, eh, you know, it's a mixed bag. But I mean, for a lot of people, you know, they'll sell a ton. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, and the and the, the last the last core story that I wanted to get your your thoughts on, since you are so intimately connected with both the world of classic arcade games, professional wrestling, and hot sauce, Aaron. Billy Mitchell is taking Twin Galaxies to court over his Donkey Kong high score removal. Your thoughts, please. Yeah.
2: You know, I like I like Billy Mitchell as a player. I know mm-hmm. everyone thinks he's a piece of garbage. Uh, he probably tried to pull something, but one thing about Billy is, first of all, if he tried to pull something, and the experts agree that he did, mm-hmm. uh, he probably should not have his scores placed on the Twin Galaxies uh, uh, because he violated the ethical principles that are uh, that are associated with. So basically, if you let someone in that cheats. It sort of makes everyone look like they could be cheating. All right, right. That's what that means. Now, if Billy were to set a Donkey Kong record in public with a camera and a team of people from Twin Galaxies there, uh, and 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 submit that, I would have no trouble with that. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, I I, that's the way I feel because one thing about Billy, he'll do his stuff in public with a crowd. All right, and he plays a ton of different games. He is the premier classic video game player of all time. No question. People don't like no that, but it's true. It.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so, uh, I it's a shame that they went to court. Twin Galaxies is owned by different people now. The Walter Day is not involved mm-hmm. uh, in its ownership now. It's I think it's changed hands twice, and so we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know. I think Billy's trying to clear his good name, but I, I don't see that happening. No, uh, you know, I think he's pretty much boned uh, and on that. So if I was him. Here's, you know, it's the old damage control. What do you do? Well, I I would either say, listen, yes, I did this. Or if he didn't do it or just doesn't want to admit it, he could say, listen, uh, I will prove myself with my deeds and my acts and not my words. And then he'll just go out and just go to work. Mm -hmm. Because if he's going out there and killing it on Donkey Kong or Pac-Man or whatever in, in public, if you will, as the American Dream would say, then no one can deny that his greatness Plus it, it'll it'll clear the fact that he's a good player.
0: That's all he has to do. So we'll keep yeah. an eye on that. That case isn't going to court until at least 2021. So we got we got plenty of time to ponder it, Aaron. Let's yeah. head on over to the uh to the track, not the racetrack, the train track, Aaron. Let's get the gamble train going. Let's talk about this week's Amiga News. Amiga News. All right, Aaron, Train. our first and only story this week is comes to us from uh, someone near and dear to our hearts, our old friend Neil Mansell. Uh, we got an email from Neil a couple weeks ago saying that he is relaunching Kickstart 2. This is a magazine that he compiles all by himself. And this magazine has kind of a neat angle. Uh, I don't know, Aaron, I'm sure you remember the, the halcyon days of Kickstart back when we used to host yeah. it over on everythingamiga.com. We, uh, what, it
2: was actually our, it was actually named after us for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And, and then um, we were sort of, then it sort of became Kickstarter. to that. So that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so uh, what Neil does is he actually takes um, news articles from various sources and, uh, you know, reformats them into a, a specific, uh, you know, year and month. So uh, let's see. I'm going to open this up here. Um so basically, like, uh, I think that this one is from 1992 or something like that. And so what he does is he goes through and he finds all these different uh, ads, all these different articles, and uh, and he puts them into like a brand new magazine. So it's like the best of 1992 magazines in one magazine, you know, and it's all about the Amiga or other other things that were going on. There's charts, music charts and stuff like that. It's really cool. Yeah, have you had a really chance to look neat. at this one? Here? Yeah,
2: I have not. I had not. He did send me a real nice email about it and i was like oh yeah we'll definitely mention that neil was around he like neil's a real nice guy uh, yeah I, uh, as you mentioned and uh and real talented guy and this guy also has uh, uh his search skills are I- impressive uh and uh i like the way he puts it together this looks slick i'm so glad he's back around to mm-hmm. be honest with you and uh, i hope he does well i really do i think i think it's a lot of fun and uh I haven't got a chance to look at this one yet. In fact, I didn't know it was actually out, but it's definitely. It'll be as soon as the show's over, I'll be popping in, man.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, Aaron, you know, mm-hmm. I think we've got a little bit more news. I'm going to do this at the beginning of the show instead of the end for once. But okay, go ahead, uh, man. There's, there's a couple things I want to pitch here. Number one, uh, you know the the time is drawing nigh. Uh, for uh, on ARG for our Thanks for Giving marathon boat, Yes, yes. Uh, for uh, And which boat was involved last year. I don't know what we're going to do this year with the stupid COVID. Uh, we will be at 9 a.m. on uh, November 27th, which is a Friday morning. Uh, me and the Brent will be going live for eight to 10 hours of uh, game streaming. Uh, if you are interested in having a pie piece submitted, Everything will get played, so if you want to submit anything, uh, drop us a note over at uh, ARGPresents at Mail.com, and we will take your suggestion and make you a pie piece up. Uh, We'll be spinning randomly every, well, Brent will determine every half hour or so. We'll be picking games based on what we spend, so it's going to be like about 100 ARG episodes mixed into an eight-hour period. But we had a good time last year, so that should be a lot of fun. Again, that's this month, So, and and this will be probably the last week we'll take some uh, suggestions. So, again, that's Friday, uh, the 27th of November. Uh, One last item boat uh, that I wanted to touch on early in the show this time was International Computer Club boat. Mm. Its time is drawing nigh as well. Uh, This thing was going to take place uh, on December 12th boat at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The deal goes down. Uh, Boatster, we will have the second meeting of the International Computer Club. Uh, If you are a Discord member and would like to sign up for a demonstration or to show a video or to give a speech or to uh, uh, have a talk or whatever you want to do, the sign-up sheet is in the International Computer Club section of the Discord. Please sign up. Uh, We are open for business, uh, Boat, on that. Everyone is uh, more than welcome to uh, come and watch. Uh, It will be on Zoom, just like it was last time. And uh, the last one went pretty good, Boat. It was a great time. I loved it. Well, fingers crossed, man. Let's just put it that way. Uh, But I'm hoping uh, that it goes well. And we've got some people that have already signed up. So if you're interested in doing something for International Computer Club, uh, hop over to Discord and sign up today. Because we'll probably shut that down in a couple weeks.
0: And but I, uh, you know, we we probably shouldn't go any further. There's one more announcement, Aaron. You plan on doing an extra stream tonight if you are watching us live, don't you?
2: I am going to try to stream tonight, uh, net willing. Uh, I don't really know what I'm going to do, to be honest with you. So I might Those are the best ones. I might fire up Coin Ops and just take requests across all platforms. Oh, I'd love that. I might I'd try that. that. So I, I will say, in televisions on the docket at some point in the near future. But I don't have the television in here tonight right now, so I'll probably just go crazy and do some just crazy random stuff. Cool. So there you go, Boaster. That's all we got, I think, my friend.
0: All righty. Well, it's time to talk about bump and burn.
2: Bam! It's on, son. Let's talk about the old bump and burn boat. Now, you know, I always ask you this, and so I'm going to ask you again: had you had you played this one?
0: Yeah, this is one that I had played. You know, I'd heard that there was a really? Mario Kart clone on the Amiga. Um, and uh, I had played this one before. In fact, I want to say that it was part of an Amigos play stream that I'd done sometime in the past.
2: Oh, really? Okay. This is one I'd heard about. I don't think I remember ever trying it, and if I did, I didn't try it very long. Uh, so right out of the gate, I want to just discuss something about Bump and Burn. This is the first time I think I've ever seen this, and so it's going to change the way I go over this a little bit. Bump and Burn was released on the CD32 and had an ECS-OCS uh, release on disc. And what struck me as odd was that this was developed by two different outfits, which <laughs> I thought was kind of weird, mode mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like the same game for the most part, so I don't have an explanation. And I looked around, and maybe someone could come up with something. But I, I, It was strange to me. So most, of, mostly I played the CD32 version, but I did actually play the other one as well, so we'll go over it as well. So uh, Bump and Burn was released in 94. Of course, on one CD, uh, if you've got the uh, CD32, or six discs, if you uh, have um, the, uh This game had uh, was published by Grand Slam, and uh, 32, the CD32 version was developed by the Dome uh, Boatster. The Dome actually did stuff that we've played. It's funny because I couldn't remember them. They did Bob's Bad Day, Last Action Hero, PGA European Tour, all right, Pugsy and Shaq Fu both. Really, Remember Shaq Fu, yeah. yeah. So we've looked at or European Tour and Shaq Fu. I know we've looked at those, uh, and I believe we loved. Didn't we like European Tour? And I, 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 I so know, this know we is, like. So this Shaq is really Fu. like
0: a grade A developer, then.
2: Well, I mean, hey, listen. If they've released two things that we sort of liked, there you go. Yeah. Uh, the CD32 version. This had tons and tons of music in it. As I go over the people that made it. Uh, I'll go over the musicians, but they actually, a couple of them did some stuff we like too. Uh, so the guy that coded this for the c 32 was a guy named David Rouse. He also worked on European Tour, and the guy that did the graphics was named uh, Rob Balderstone. He also worked on PGA European Tour. Uh, and you could tell this game has some pretty good uh, graphical panache, if you will. The music on this thing—there were tons of tracks, weren't there? Boat, on the uh, CD32
0: version, I was very impressed by the amount of music. You know, every you—you you know me—I constantly dog the Amiga for not having uh, music and sound effects at the same time. But this yeah. game, uh, you know, of course, in the CD32 version, uh, was amazing. I mean, it had everything that I could possibly want.
2: I—I I, I thought the music was a mixed bag. Really? If I'm honest. I thought it was but okay. It did, it did have music, mm-hmm. so there's that. Amongst the musicians on here and I couldn't just, I couldn't determine which who did what tracks, okay? But Andy Sower, uh, who I believe it or not, amongst the things he's done and this wasn't listed, so I had to read it from him directly, but he worked on the Amiga version of Bloodnet, which we just looked at. Uh-huh. And he also did a game called Ruffian. Another musician that worked on this David R uh Puncheon worked on Flight of the Amazon Queen. Oh, so okay. there's another couple couple games that yeah, we Yeah, I dug. thought the
0: music was strong in this game.
2: It's like I said, I thought some of the tracks were okay. Now, this is an interesting bit before we get deep into the actual game itself. Uh the I looked at the manual for this and I got tipped off on Hall of Light. Um the manual mentions an Amiga 1200 version of this.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
2: that's hard drive installable. Guess what? It never got released. Oh. A lot of reviews mentioned it too. So this is uh, an odd game where there's an Amiga CD32 release and an Amiga OCS ECS version, but no Amiga 1200 version. I wonder
0: if it was just because it was so late getting out of the gate, you know, '94. By the time this came out, maybe the writing was on the wall for Amiga as a company, and they just didn't do it.
2: Yeah, uh, and this is uh, uh, D- David Rouse, the guy that uh, worked on this, confirmed that there that it was planned but never mm-hmm. released. So kind of wacky. Yeah, uh, there. And I, who knows why, you know? And this also got released on a uh, a collection uh, so which it would have been another chance to have released aga uh you know disc but they didn't do it so kind of weird on that on that front so what is uh what is this wacky game well boat sort of nailed it right out of the gate didn't you? it's a mario clone in fact some of the magazines I looked at when I looked at the reviews <laughs> and I think this was a little idiotic but they were like yeah it's exactly like mario they just swapped <laughs> the characters it's like <laughs>
0: Well, it's clear that, that it, it's clear that in so many cases, people wrote these things without actually having ever played any of the games. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. No kidding. Because I mean, I don't think anyone's going to see this and be like, oh yeah, it's exactly the same. It's like, yeah. no, it's not. So uh, this game has a, a, a nice tune starting up. It looks pretty good. It's, it's got, but I mean, it's bare bones on those menus, isn't it? But right out of the gate, Mm-hmm. it's you can see it's this game is one of these games where it like it looks like they started to make it awesome but then just made it uh it, the menus aren't much you know they don't get you that fired up to play it uh then the, and there aren't that many options either what did you right. think about this game just the presentation the opening the whole nine yards i'm assuming you sat through it at least once. Oh
0: yeah i, I thought that the opening presentation was fine um it's it's hard to uh it's hard to really knock it against Super Mario Kart, at least in the opening presentation. Um, it uh, it allows you to pick your tracks, it allows you to pick your drivers. Yeah. Um, you got you know your options there. Uh, it it wasn't too bad. Now, one thing that I did notice, and this is kind of getting, I guess getting a little ahead of myself, is that I didn't I played all of the different uh, racers. And as far as I could tell, they did not exhibit any different traits at all. You know the genius of the Mario Kart games is that all of the racers have different traits. Some are fast, some are slower, some corner better than others, some don't. Uh, in this game, the only thing I could tell the difference in between the two race or between the different racers was this the style of the projectile that they threw. So like the dinosaurs that, yeah. would throw bones, the lady would throw lipstick or, or no it was kisses that would, yeah. and so and yeah. so that that was disappointing right off the bat.
2: Uh, the they I've read that, uh, people, and I couldn't tell this either, but I, I I've read that, you know, when you go to their home track, you mm-hmm. would have some sort of advantage, but I didn't see any, I, I couldn't feel any advantage. No, I, I certainly couldn't track. feel it, you
0: know, taking turns, the acceleration, everything just felt exactly the same to me.
2: Yeah. Uh, so when you, st- <laughs> let's just start straight from the beginning, you boot this thing up on your CD 32 and you get your menu here. Now the menu gives you a very, very few options. Uh, You've got the option to play with a game pad or joystick, uh, and the difference there is strictly the way the buttons work. And and on the OCS-ECS version of this, when you pick up a, a power up or whatever, you basically pull back on the you, you hit a fi- the fire button to go forward. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's one of those, and then you basically when you get an item, you sort of pull back to confirm it and then forward the fire with which your is dumb joystick. It's stupid. It is well, I mean, it takes some getting. I'll tell you what, the first couple races, I was I had to look at the manual. I'm like, what am I doing? Uh, it, or you can use the secondary buttons on the on the CD32 to uh, just to to fire the thing. Uh, I didn't really, to be honest with you, they both. I didn't think both were either one of them were great. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't. I, to me, the weapon fires didn't feel responsive, but it does give you the option of of picking one or the other. It also gives you the option of have pl- uh, w- one or two players because this had, does have two player uh, simultaneous play. It also gives you the option of one player with the split screen, and the bottom part of the screen is the map.
0: Did you right. ever play like that? I did. I didn't play it like that, but uh, I knew that that was an option
2: uh it i don't know if it helps but i mean it cuts your screen in half so mm-hmm. that's <laughs> there you go uh you, as Boat mentions you get to you get to pick uh your character they've got they've this is like someone put a kit together for wacky players and they, and they 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 this is what they came up with so let's go over some of these wacky guys you've got the beaver bros the Dodgy Dinos, Mister Fabulous, whom I played him most of all. I will say I like his name, uh, Loretta Lamore, Colonel Carnage, Eric Eskimo, and Frank Unz- Frank Ansteiner. Those are your characters And this. You've also got the uh, uh, an ultra bad guy who's an unplayable guy. It's a big, huge guy. Um, the the I didn't know this from the game, but the manual says that you, that this is the uh, uh, you're in like a, a land called Tunia. I believe is what it's called. And this is the this is the big championship race, and apparently the different levels on this are the different areas in Tunia. Okay, right? makes sense. These are the and each of these corresponds to one of the players. So, like Boat said, you can pick from any of these tracks right out of the gate. You've got and these names suck, but I'm just going to tell you what they're called. You've got the war torn city. That makes you that puts you in a good mood. <laughs> Let's go play in the war torn city. That's Colonel Carnage's town. Then you've got the race track. That's Mr. Fabulous. Oh my gosh. The Frozen Fjords. That's Eric the Eskimo. Uh, the Fallen Forest. Uh, that's the Beaver Bros. The Haunted Graveyards. Frank Inferno. Uh, Frank Inferno. Listen to me. Frank Enstein. Candy World is Loretta Lamores. And the Volcano is the Dodgy yeah. uh, Demon. And
0: this is really where the game first falls apart if you're at all familiar with like a, a Super Mario Kart. Because in Super Mario Kart, Uh, I think you you just read five tracks. Is that right, Aaron?
2: I think there's seven tracks. Seven tracks, okay.
0: I think there's 32 tracks (laughs) in in Super Mario Kart. So, you know, but you kind of have to approach a game like this. And, you know, how many people... Had already played Super Mario Kart and would subject themselves to buying this if they if they'd already if they already own Super Mario Kart, probably a low percentage. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know murder this game for not living up to the standard set by Super Mario Kart because this is made by people that do not have consoles. They've got to settle for the CD32. All
2: right. Well, you know, this game. I it's funny, boat. Uh, this game because it has a lot going for it. Uh, I, I'm not the biggest fan of kart
0: racers. OK, so there's that. So well, this, is this is not thing, a kart racer. So you should love this game.
2: Yeah, well, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this you're, is not you're a firm. you know,
0: th- th- this game is the it's ultimate not. in false advertising. This is a straight up racing game. Yeah, it's you just a happen racer. to be uh, oh, if, go yeah, ahead. A kart racer. You've got really, really small tracks. You know, you're you're modeling almost like an RC type track. Okay right. and that's yeah. that's the genius of the kart racer is that that's what makes it different than a normal racing game. In this game you've got basically a Lotus 2 size track. You're just racing around it in an open canopied vehicle. That's right all with is. with weapons. Yeah. And
2: so that it, you're right. Anyway, think about it. Boat. And one of these reviewers said this was Mario Kart with the sprites changed out. I mean it's a, really it's a completely different game. Another thing about it is uh it the, is the and i'm just gonna this is my biggest beef with this game it's the it's the viewpoint from behind it is way too low mm-hmm. i don't like it it needs to be raised up so you've got a better view of what's coming you can't tell what's coming you can't tell what you shoot you can't tell squat yeah all right and it, it really kills this game for me because they did a, a lot of stuff right here's the things that they did wrong you're right. This track is too big. You can go forever without seeing anybody. In Mario Kart, you're always seeing suckers, mm-hmm. You know, whether you fall behind or not. In this, you can go on for a long time. Also, in this, if you make one mistake and get past, you can easily be hosed because your weapons don't... It's not like Mario where you've got the magic this or the... I mean, you're, the weapons are just don't do the job. I found, I found the weapons lacking uh, a lot uh, in this game. They just didn't do it for me. Uh, something else I didn't like in this was the fact that it had that AI that screws you you know what I mean it's, yeah it's, it's that it's, that
0: rubber banding the, you know that they're it's always the not
2: fun AI mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying I want the fun one uh the the good one what were your thoughts of the camera angle behind the car?
0: Did it bother know, you like it bothered me? It didn't bother me quite as much as it did you. The, the thing, the biggest thing that bothered me was just the fact that the tracks just seemed like they went on forever and ever and ever and ever. Um, they did. You know, I, I could never tell. You know, you you know what place you're in. The radar in this game. I don't know what gave them the idea to do radar like that instead of just. Putting an outline of the course and showing you where the other racers were. I mean, you can do that in a very plain, abstract way and still make it useful. But in this game, the you know what what makes a racing game exciting. What makes a racing game exciting is knowing that either a you're in first place or b you're not in first place, but you have a plan to get there. And when you're driving and you've gone 30 seconds and no one has passed you and you have not passed anyone. What are you doing? You're not having fun. That's for sure. And that's the, that, that's yeah. the situation I found myself in time after time yeah. on all these tracks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is I, I could get past the, uh, I mean, I don't like the viewpoint, but I could still play it, but it did get incredibly boring. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, initially I played the graveyard scene. Cause I thought, Hey, graveyard Halloween just passed. Uh, and frankly, it, I, I couldn't believe after it completed one lap and there were, it kept going. I'm like, Oh no, then I cr- finished a second lap and it kept going. I was like, "Oh god, no." Yeah. You know, and then by the time the third laps over, you want to turn this sucker off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and then I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: The
0: and and that, that's the thing is like you you really want brevity. I, at least for me in a racing game, unless I'm playing something like Gran Turismo, something like a uh something like a, a full-on simulation. If you fall behind in a race, you know, and, and you know you're going to lose, well, you know, you can, you can take comfort in the fact that maybe the race is almost over. But when the race just lingers on and on forever and ever, and it's not like this is a game where you can really, like, I know there's a store and you can upgrade things, but you can't really see... At least for me, when I would upgrade various parts of my vehicle, I wouldn't be able to see that right off the bat. I think that the the whole uh, store concept of this game was totally tacked on, totally tacked on. They could they would have done better to just leave it out.
2: Well, I could tell a difference in grip and speed when I changed my engine and tires. I will say that I could tell a definite difference. Uh, the uh, the but the, here's the thing: the store would come after the race. First of all. This is going to sound stupid, but it, it, it happened more than once, so I'm going to call it a problem. I would be so irritated after the race, I'd be hitting the buttons to get past all the menus, and I'd forget mm-hmm. about the store and hit the button, and it would just go past the store, and I would get mm-hmm. pissed off. That would me a couple times. Yeah,
0: that happened to me, I too. should
2: mention something else that pissed me off about this game, and keep in mind that we're playing this thing on jacked-up modern hardware. I played this on the Amiga and I played the, uh, the version that the... Uh, the company puts out the exe uh, mm-hmm. due to starting to hear the tunes, and in both versions, was it just mirrored? This thing takes forever to load. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. thought to myself, my God, if, this were, if we were playing this on CD or disc, we'd be here for a year waiting for this mm-hmm. thing to load. I wasn't yes. used to those load times on modern
0: stuff. I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot about that. But the load times were very annoying.
2: Okay. So it wasn't just
0: me. It wasn't just yeah. you. Yeah. And it was, I was like, cause other on the other Amiga, I thought and So
2: I'm going to say they had this stuff timed out for the CD on one version. I don't know what's going on with the disc version. Uh, but so, so let's add all this up. Annoying, long races, annoying store, long load times, not good. And the thing is it loads multiple times to get to the first race. It takes forever, mm-hmm. you know? So the, you know, it's a recipe for disaster it, I think this game could have. I mean, the funny thing is, at the core of the game, it's not bad. Like graphically, it looks nice. The characters. Well, it, it are depends on.
0: It depends on what you mean by the core of the game. Okay. What do you? What like, do you think? It, okay. Visually, there is nothing wrong with this game. No, it looks okay. It looks okay. Musically, there's nothing wrong with this game. It's okay. The track design. There's definitely something wrong with the game the the even the way that you take corners, like there are no real sharp turns in this game. you never have to decelerate. You can keep your foot on the gas huh. the whole time. I had to decelerate tons of times. I'll be I did not me. I did not. I could take every single corner now if I hit an oil slick or something like that, that's a different story. but all of these turns were just sort of graceful bends, and that's not what you want in a racing game. You've got to have some time where you take your foot off the gas uh,
2: well I, I I couldn't go around it the whole way with the gas down. I would run off the road. It could be the car or the gr- tire grip or whatever. I don't know. I played, did you play all the racers or yeah. you did, right?
0: Well, I didn't play all, I can't tell you that I played all the racers on all the tracks, but yeah. I, I, I played I, I a bunch of the tracks with a bunch of the racers.
2: I, did you have a favorite track or a track you hated the most?
0: Uh, I hated the one with the freaking dinosaur that lifted you all the, 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 uh the, 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 oh, the oh, that the, was the, the pterodactyl. Yeah, that, that sucked.
2: was, and the thing is there was a, that, that track was a mixed bag. It was very narrow. It was different than the other tracks. Uh, but the, the, that ter- that, the, the pterodactyl, first of all, it took forever for him to drop you. Mm-hmm. And, and so you, I mean, once that guy picked you up, you're bowed. You're bowed. But I did like the fact that they had jumps in that. But one of the problems I noticed is that if you died near a jump, you would it would spawn you right at, over the hole and you would die again, <laughs> you know that kind of and that's what that is is just someone just dropped the ball, yeah, you know yeah. on that. It also had those uh interesting areas where you would drive over like the loose board swinging bridges, mm-hmm. and so that was kind of a neat effect. That board was a mixed bag. The boards, I will say, they they put some thought into them. Uh, for example, the war torn city bombs and are, are going off all over the place. There's TNT everywhere, and occasionally a bomber will come over and drop bombs on the road, you know, that's kind, of, and cause, like, craters to appear in the road. It was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, uh, visually, it, this game does a lot of really neat stuff.
2: Yeah, the dinosaur level, like I said, they, they had some uh, pretty cool stuff. I think my probably the least, probably the most generic level was Mr. Fabulous's level, the just the racetrack. Uh, it, you know, it's the one that had the oil slicks, so mm-hmm. it wasn't that spectacular, uh, but it was okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, my problem, and also something else, that, speaking of the tracks, is they didn't give you the option to lower the amount of laps or anything. Something else that the Mario Kart series does is it gives you the different. Like, I don't, I don't, it's, I've played a ton of these, so you could stop me if the original one didn't have this, but as I recall, it has different, like, you could pick different racing leagues different cc's of carts carts and stuff yeah I With mean them, you they, know, there, you, there's some you can, variety you can control,
0: there you can control the uh, like whether you're playing against a whole you know the whole slate of racers or just another right. guy you can control yeah. the speed of your cart, all that stuff so yeah the, the, Mario Kart has a lot more options this is it's a more stripped down experience but I think that these guys I mean obviously everybody was trying to capitalize on the kart racing craze I mean think about all the cart racing games that were released after Mario Kart. I think Mario Kart came out in 92. It wasn't long before you had Sonic and Crash Bandicoot. So you know the Amiga was going to end up with one of these games. And I really think that they could have done worse. It's just not not a really great game. You know, it always bugs me
2: though, Boat. It really bugs me. When you've got a game, listen, they laid the groundwork here for a decent game. All right. I think that was they could have made a real good game. But why not put some options in there? That's the easiest part of everything. Mm-hmm. Change the amount of laps. If this was a one lap race, that instantly would have made me like it more. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. tolerate one long boring lap, but asking me to do three is too much. Plus, if you don't win and you've got to go back and do the whole thing again, that you want to jump off a cliff.
0: I agree. With uh, you I didn't there.
2: like that. I mean, just let me. Pick a different track every time if you don't win either in the game or let me just pick another track. Don't make me do the same track again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weapons in this, I guess we should probably go over a couple of the weapons here since they're, I mean, they're, they're nothing to write home about. You've got, uh, you've got uh, the ability to go invisible. Sometimes you'll get a power-up to give you the ability to jump. You'll be, have the ability to run other guys off the road. There's a turbo, a smoke screen, invulnerability, uh, mines, uh, oil slick. You know, it just it didn't reinvent the wheel here, uh you know, on, on that, but I didn't find the weapons to make a whole lot of difference, to be honest with you. And so that, I just really
0: it, I really had a hard time with the weapons. I'd say that's probably one of my you know, my, my big problems with the game is that um with the projectiles i could fire those off but i would get stuff like the the landmines and stuff like that and i would lay them down but i was never actually sure what i was doing yes and and that's right
2: like in in mario kart if you've got the banana or something you can see your guy release the stuff i couldn't see crap mm -hmm. i didn't know what was going on and again that's part part of it
0: it's part of that you know, it's that extra 10 percent that you find in so many Nintendo games where they really thought about like whenever you drop a turtle shell in Mario Kart, you can sit there and hold the button and see it pop out behind your cart and then release it and, and, and release it with precision. And that's just something that a lot of developers don't think about those little things.
2: Yeah, Well, this when I was playing this, your voice kept echoing in my head and something you've said millions of times it's like they played Mario Kart a few times and said, heck, we can do that. Let's give her a whirl. And then this was what they came up with. And this goes to show you, I mean, like you mentioned, the biggest detriment to this, even with the camera angle and the weapons, it's just the fact that they made the tracks too big and so you don't get any of that sort of cart style fun, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's the killer for this game. If you're looking for just a straight up a Lotus style racing game, you don't really care about the rest of it. You want some kind then you'll probably be okay with it. Yeah, you know, but if you want I a cart would... racer,
0: you're boned because this I... really
2: is barely you could barely call it
0: that. Yeah, I, this is a solid racing game. This is a not very good cart racing game. That's what I would say.
2: I don't even think it's a solid racing game to be honest with you, but that's just me. Made... So I'm gonna ask you: Did you try the uh, ECS OCS version of this at all?
0: Uh, I played it briefly, um, yeah. and I, I didn't see much of a difference. Uh, I was just super eager to jump into the uh, the CD32 version. Uh, yeah. That I, I didn't play it very long. Well. The
2: different I can tell you that having played both, I played the ECS OCS version for a good while. Uh, different opening. Uh, the mm-hmm. uh, CD32 version has all the guys on the big on the screen at once, in this big like uh, you know big uh, shot and. Of course, you've got more music. And it's funny, the opening of the ECS OCS version, it's almost like they were like... They, they took the Zool approach and took like the car, the cartoon sound effects and sampled the crap out Just of them. And
0: there.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was okay. I mean, it was okay. Not great. Uh, but uh, in, in terms of gameplay, I will say I did enjoy the, the uh, CD32 version more. <clears throat> it played better to me. I, I can't say why. I tried both... Uh, controller combinations and I ended up it didn't really matter to be honest with you I didn't think either one of them the actual control of the car was okay but the weapon their weapon system I don't like that either mm-hmm. uh, I just didn't like the way they did that Mario did it was a much easier to use weapon system than they had in this and you could have implemented the Mario style system with a with just the one button it wouldn't have been that big a deal but yeah. they they did this other thing so it is what it is uh, so I look these bad boys up Boaster. Uh, to see uh, how how they how they ranked, uh, the uh, first the CD32 version, uh, the Lemon folks uh, gave this thing a 6.46, which uh, you know Lemon that's a that's not the best score for a no, big budget game. No, that's a very low score. Uh, it's funny. I, we're going to go over these reviews here, but they're kind of funny. So Amiga CD32 Gamer, uh, how do you think they felt about this boat? <laughs> I want to go out on a limb and think that they loved it. They, they couldn't, couldn't get enough of it. 91%. They loved it. <laughs> Amiga Computing gave it a 40. I really should have looked that one up. They really didn't mm. like it. Amiga Format gave it a 70. Amiga Joker gave it a 60. CU Amiga gave it an 85. And the 1 gave it an 82. So that's the CD32 version. The uh, ECS-OCS version uh, scored pretty similarly, actually. The 11 ver- uh, score on that was 6.2. So just a smidge lower. Uh, and you can tell these reviews, the reviews for this one came out a little earlier. Uh, and so Amiga Action gave this a 92. They really liked it. Amiga Format uh, came back. Now, they'd reviewed this in 95. So this is this is the score they would have given it in 94. They gave it a 79. Uh, Amiga Joker, the same score, 60. Which We see that for Amiga Joker. If they make a decision, they pretty much carry it across the platform. Uh, Amiga Magazine, 8 out of 10. Amiga Power gave this a 70. And the one uh, gave it a ninety earlier, so the definitely the, the bloom was off the rose on this thing at, from ninety four to ninety five, and so when this, <laughs> it's funny these scores are always amuse me uh, when it comes to that stuff because you as the days go on they're unforgiving and they'll definitely. They'll, They'll kick it to the curb in a heartbeat if once it gets up there in age. So
0: any final thoughts on this one, but do we get any discord action? We did. We got some, we got quite a few discord reviews from our community this week. Again, uh, I feel like we don't say this enough. Thank you guys so much. All of our fine discord community members for posting these reviews. Cause we love hearing what you think. A lot of times you're um, a lot of times, most of the time you're more insightful than we are when it comes to this stuff, we'll kick yeah, things off with, with Jason Warrens. He just says charming seven out of 10. Um, Pixels of Dawn writes, somewhere between Mario Kart, Buggy Boy, and Lotus, this is a colorful racing game with character that can definitely pass some time and really has a sensation of speed at the fastest settings. Music is really quite bad on ECS, but much better on the CD32 version. Mm. But where this falls down is that the camera is quite low, making it hard to see upcoming hazards. The volcano track is just irritating with swooping enemies pulling you off the track and holes in the track. The game does suffer from poor loading times too. Even running the WHD load version on my A600, they were still pretty bad. Fun, but too many problems. Six out of 10. Yeah, you you agreed with all of us. uh, Picks. Frodo NL writes, bump and burn. Looks cute, but has too many issues. Especially the camera position is extremely irritating. I tried to like it, but rage quit at the end. Not something I normally do in games. Four out of 10. David Z writes, the graphics are pretty good. Nice and vibrant colors. The controls seem very responsive. I did play on my A1200, so no music. Gameplay was enjoyable, and I was able to complete a few rounds. I do think the game would benefit from a turbo button or just a faster car. I felt that the other cars always overpowered me, and once I was behind, there was no chance to recover. All in all, a fun bumper-type game, but not enough speed for me. 5 out of 10. Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, writes, A Herm, firm, 6 out of 10. Never a fan of this format of racing, and this one is no different. Graphics are nice, very colorful and cartoony. Found it very slow and nauseating after a while, so didn't spend too long on the game. This is a great game for young children, and I'm sure would have kept many amused back in the day. Chris Folds writes, I tried various versions of this game. On OCS, it's a slow and jerky affair. A1200 smooths it up a little, and CD32 smooths it more and finally gives you music, as, hey, it's 1994! All versions suffer from the same bad driving angle. Overspeeding of opponents with over-elastic AI and the fact that they are trying to do Mario Kart with a Lotus-style engine just means it never gels. going to give three scores. OCS, 4 out of 10. AGA, 6 out of 10. CD32, 7 out of 10. And finally, Z9K9 writes, I didn't play this a ton, but Chris Fold's comment Mario Kart with a Lotus-style engine made me think. Lotus is about straight-line speed and corner-hanging sensation. Mario Kart is slowed down and condensed to allow room for dexterous steering and extracurricular combat. In Bump and Burn, the power-ups and power-downs come at you too fast to meaningfully collect or avoid. By the time you see it in front of you, you're probably going to hit it either way. The oil patches that mess up your steering are particularly irritating for this, reducing your agency further. Learning the tracks might help, but the elongated elongated sameness of NASCAR-like speedways makes that hard to do by accident. In its favor, the cast of characters is quite colorful and varied. Six out of ten.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I gr- they they went over the same ground we went over both for the most mm-hmm. part. Uh, you know, as I said here, I was lit watching the video here as you, as you were speaking. You know, you're right about the radar being not that important, especially since it's almost always empty when you're way ahead or way behind. Right. They could have easily... I would much rather have just had a map right there, to be honest with you. Yeah, would have been so much better. One of the fellas was right. By the time you see those power-ups, you're going to hit them. I mean, you're pretty much that's it. You know, so it is what it is. I did uh, fail to mention, I looked this up on eBay, uh, and there are uh, copies available of the uh, disc and CD version. Uh, and they're—it's funny—they're pretty much costed about the same. I mean, you can buy them right now for around forty bucks. Okay, uh, I've seen them sell for around seventeen. One thing I wanted to mention—one of the discs, i could I couldn't—I didn't catch which one it was—but one of the Discord fellows that that uh, rated all three of the versions, he mentioned that uh, he he had looked at the AGA version. So I'm wondering if they if they released. Uh, well, they didn't really, I know they didn't release it. I wonder if there's an AGA disc version that's floating around. Somewhere. I bet there is. I bet they, they managed is.
0: to crack out a version of some kind.
2: Yeah, or... I'd i I'd say I'd say so. So there you go. It's a uh, it ain't the worst thing I played, but it's not something I'd be rushing back to play. And even with two players, because I I played this with a boy and I was just like, eh. No, eh, it's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about what's been going on over in our Amigos community, Aaron? We have uh, a new slate of high score challenges that just kicked off that I want to. First of all, I want to congratulate the winner of last uh, last month's high score challenge, which just closed uh, outrun that infamous port sundown has uh, has reigned supreme in first place with a score of 37 million points, which is insane for a game like outrun sundown. Really took this game to task. Paul, aka Hermski, in second; Mitsuyama in third. Congratulations, fellas! Congratulations to all eight of you that competed in that competition. And uh, as winner, Sundown gets to choose the next game. He chose Smarty and the Nasty Gluttons. So, if you are interested in getting a uh, getting a score in, uh, and just uh, head on over to the Amigos High Score. Uh, channel over on our discord Uh, you've got until the 4th of december uh, when this thing closes up have you played smarty and the nasty gluttons aaron that's one wacky named game boat Uh, i'd say i never heard of that one uh over in specky high score land things are getting fast and furious over on bruce lee aaron uh i'm seeing some scores that i did not think were possible Um, three hundred sixty six thousand by Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, currently leading in first place. If you're interested in getting into that Specky high score challenge, you know the place for that, too, over in discord. We got six folks, six fine folks who have submitted scores so far. I'm looking forward to that uh, list increasing as we get closer to November 15th when this thing closes out.
2: I didn't know you could really run up the score in Bruce Lee, but I don't think I ever really paid much attention to the score.
0: Yeah, me neither. Me neither. So I'm gonna have to jump in there and see what I can do. Yeah, man. I, yeah. All right, and uh, let's see. I think that that is going to do it for the Amigos community updates. Uh, last week, we actually have two Patreon song winner groups of winners to go over. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, I got a charming poem from the one and only Rob O'Hara. He said it made me feel happy. It made me feel nostalgic, but most of all, it made me feel like a natural woman. And you're correct, Rob. It was Natural Woman by Aretha Franklin or by uh, Carol King, depending on whoever you're listening to. Uh, The Slow Norris, also congratulations for getting that one. And of course, last week with our special guest appearance by Jeff Lynn, the song was Telephone Line by, and congratulations to Mitsuyama and Rob O'Hara once again for, uh, I had to pull some
2: strings right. on that boat.
0: I know. You, you and Jeff swore to go way back, though. You've been buddies forever. You got that right. All right, Aaron. For this week's Patreon song, I've done a little a little solo guitar number. Uh, I believe that you have it queued up. So if you know the answer to this week's Patreon song, please send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com.
1: Data Dog Heavy Systems, Bundy Fraglore. Mark Byland Olaf Hope, Hermsky Joneke Simulants, Ethan Little Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor. Calvert Boy, Lane Dinson, Luke Hudson, John Cook, Bomb the Base. Roshi, Frodo, NL, Sol Incisor. Tech Major, and Mr. Cola. Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zork Club, Commodore Kid, Reflection, Simon Ledge. Captain Crispy, Kilbites and Caffeine, Gary Heather Free Lunch. Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong. Andy Jones, Lobster, or 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast. Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim Drew, Simon Rose joseph harrison kyle edder rob o'hara matthew Laramore, andy craig Seanzo barkbit roland burke andrew Monks, joe the zombie leaf kelan alan keban check co Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perron. Ricky Rocher, Creepy Dead Boy. Figgy CTZ, The Slow Norris. Stefan Sorgard Mortenson, Edwin Helen Blindo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham Vebke, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington Duncan Styles Tapes from The Crypt Josh Nan. Adam Bradley Jonas Rulo T.H.T nelson kim tommy Humboldt Stan, daniel bingston brutal barracuda darren coles jason warns pixels at dawn and Kjell bjorn barman
0: all right and of course aaron we couldn't forget about our fabulous fabulous twitch subscribers um, we want to thank all of them as well for keeping the show on the air. Gary Heather, Wing Chun Wolf, Buck Owens, Edvin Heland, Johnny Renegade, Christian Russel, Rushi, MSX, trayguard 82 Frodo NL, Amigala, Great Owl G, Retro Jerry, Brock101, David Zinas, Memories of a Spectrum Gamer, Lamaza, Roscoe, 500 Barkbit, Z9K9, hamo one Pints and Amiga, Zorglub45, eor 4077 Mitsuyama, Still Adolescing, RMC Retro, 48K RAM, TomServo1970, and JiggleBox. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on Twitch. Remember, if you do sub on Twitch, uh, you get all the same benefits as far as getting access to our Discord channel and everything. So uh, make sure you hop on board and, and get involved with the community. Yeah. Man. Now, Aaron, speaking of the community, we had a couple recent releases from our fellow buddies over at Amigos Retro Gaming, Pixel Gaiden and uh, Rob O'Hare. You want to give us the rundown there?
2: I sure do. You know, uh, of course, I, uh, they're not just our buddies on the on the show. We're actually fans. I'm a, I am love both these shows. I like all Rob's shows and Pixel Gaiden. I'm a big fan. Uh, if you are out of the loop, uh, the boys over at Pixel Gaiden released their Halloween episode uh, just about a week ago today. Uh, so, give that a check out. It's always a good time uh, with those fellas. And then our good buddy, Rob Flack O'Hara, we mentioned earlier that he had released a uh, uh, Sprite Castle plays of Pitfall. He's also released the Sprite Castle of Pitfall. It just came out. Uh, definitely worth your listen. And I think I mentioned this last week, but I mentioned it again. Uh, Rob also does a show called You Don't Know Flack and had a tremendous uh, episode. Uh, last time out on his uh, time printing and publishing a music uh, newspaper, which was, (laughs) this was great. I enjoyed this to no end boat. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was an interesting look into the low end rock scene uh, in in a, um, you know, medium sized town and all, and all the things that go into that. So that's awesome. I I can't wait to listen to that. Oh, it was was one of my favorites. Uh, Rob can go, all these guys can go and we're, we're very appreciative to have these guys as part of the, uh, of our community. So check them out, please.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, we would be remiss to not recognize all the fine fine folks who have uh, joined us live in chat this evening for our uh, evening of revelry uh, first of all we want to thank our moderators duncan styles and pixels at dawn gaming thank you guys so much for keeping the ban hammer at the ready as always and of course all the other fine folks that have joined us atten barkbit bike me buck owens co commander root ed van helen just in from the bonfire figgy 7 figgy 78 Frodo and L, Gary Heather, Jigglebox, Hermsky, Idolara, Juan Canav, Kasernin, L. Curtis B, uh, Lobsterminator, Mitsuyama, Paranoid CB, uh, Paranoic CB, Paul Kitching, Picard 2010, uh, Princess League, R. Typer, Rob O'Hara, Stulu89, to Toms, VK, Vigoro Pros, Wishbone, and Z9K9. Thank you guys so much for joining us. In One the more shout-out, Boat. One more big shout-out. And this big shout-out goes to you, my friend, John
2: Boat of Karshawler. Give it up for this man. This guy's sick. He's in there. He's doing a guitar number. He's p- punching through horrible internet, and he's getting the job done. He's getting that done old school. The only way that John Boat of Karshawler uh, can, he's done all the crap behind the scenes, so... You're doing a great job, Boaster, and I appreciate you, my friend. I'm glad you,
0: you're keeping the ball rolling. Very few men would go through what you're going through and still not miss a show. So nice work, well, man. Well, thank you. And I do I do appreciate every single one of you guys that have reached out to me, whether it's been through you know private message on the Discord or giving me a call on the phone or just saying hello and checking up and seeing how I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to get through this. I'm hopeful that this time next week, I'll really have been able to, to kick this thing to the curb and, and kiss COVID goodbye.
2: That's right. Kiss it off, boat. Get that thing out of there.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. So next week we're gonna have a little change of pace. It's Puzzle Week on the Amigos, and we're gonna be taking a look at Bill's Tomato Game, Aaron.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, we we got a little taste of this. Uh, on one of my streams. Yeah, if I yeah.
0: This one I remember having a lot of fun watching you play this, so I'm looking forward to it. This was picked by Frodo NL, and um, and yeah, where this is this is going to be a fun one. We want to thank uh all of the uh, AGSC members as always for choosing these games for us. We really appreciate it, and uh, I'm looking forward to next week Bill's tomato game. So thanks as always, everybody, for watching. We'll see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.